What's up, everybody? This is Mike Gilbert, host of Brace for Impact, and I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful to all of you for supporting our show and allowing us to entertain you each and every week. And because it's Thanksgiving, Impact is airing a highlight show, so there's new new content for us to review. There is also not much news to talk about, so we're releasing our Overdrive review that was recorded exclusively on Fight Game Media+. Plus. I welcome Josiah McDonald from the Wrestling Observer, as well as a live report from our guy Justin Hongava, a.k.a. J-Man, who was in attendance at the show. If you're interested in our subscription service, head on over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia, and you can get content like this early and ad-free, plus our full weekly show, which includes 40 minutes of bonus content each and every week. We'll be back next week, and until then, enjoy this Overdrive recap. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined this week by Josiah McDonald, the uh, the recapper for uh, the Wrestling Observer, man. How you doing, Josiah? I am doing great. How are you, Mike? Doing great, doing great. You're on episode 101, and we're here to uh, recap the the Impact Overdrive pay-per-view, man, and I, or I guess a premium live event. Um, I really dug this show, man, and I did not have a whole lot of high hopes going into it. I, I knew, look... I knew Alexander and Kazarian would be awesome. I knew Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich would be awesome. I assumed everything else would just be okay. Um, and there were a couple of matches that I, that, you know, fit that bill, but I thought overall, um, most every match delivered. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a very good show. Very good show. Uh, I think I liked the top two matches more than I did for bound for glory stuff. Uh, I, oh, okay. I really enjoyed those top two matches. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought, I thought they were incredible. Um, you know, Frankie Kazarian, man is, this is, I, I think this is the best run of his career. Um, Easily. And he's, and he doesn't even work in impact. He's just like, AEW is not using the guy. So he's here just uh, taking dates and what, what impact has been able to do with him is just incredible. And I feel like, you know, I know AEW doesn't need, you know him to be a top guy there because they have so many already but i feel like they're missing out on somebody that could really be a star for them he's so good so good uh like the guy uh, he's 45 years old and he's probably wrestling better than he ever has uh mm-hmm. and uh just having a great run uh yeah he's a guy that could utilize a lot more um I mean, man, this guy, you put him in the ring in a main event match, he's going to deliver. Yeah. And and he's really delivered in every situation that Impact has been able to put him in because um, I don't know if you were watching earlier in the summer, man. He uh, he had just an incredible, incredible match with Chris Saban on television. Uh, the it was, They taped it the night after Slammiversaries on a Sunday. There might have been 78 people in the crowd, and he, him and Chris Saban probably put on – you know, I think that if there was more crowd heat, you're looking at five stars if uh, there was, if the crowd was way into it. But because there's nobody in the crowd, um, <laughs> it was kind of... Yes, was, yeah. Hello. Sorry, my, <laughs> I got to apologize. My So 
Um, it is currently, it's actually six in the morning now. Josiah and I have been trying to record for 30 minutes. We were using the StreamYard um, server that we typically use for Fight Game Media, and that did not work whatsoever. Uh, it just kept freezing on us, so we just we just said, screw it. We moved over to Skype, and during that time, my dog has woken up and has found our cat, and I'm pretty sure she's trying to eat the cat. Um and she's actually so my daughter so I'm in I'm in my daughter's playroom so typically I'm upstairs in the guest bedroom um but because my wife and daughter are asleep upstairs whenever they're asleep I will bring the computer downstairs and we have like a um my wife has a desk down here it's where she does her homework um and my daughter it's my daughter's playroom and we have our Christmas tree. Then my daughter's got a little tent and a bunch of toys and all kinds of stuff. Well, now the dog and the cat realize that I'm awake. And so they're behind me and now they're playing. So if you guys hear a dog and the cat in the background, I do apologize. Um, I'm not very professional. That's all right. That's all right. If I, if I was still back in New Brunswick instead of where I'm at now, you'll probably hear – you would be hearing my old roommate's cat yelling at us as we did this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so – Yes, but I, I thought overall was uh, was a really good show. Um, well, I'm actually so a friend of mine was actually at the show and uh, he was seen on camera. So I'm gonna I'm gonna invite him in. So he's gonna pop in uh, as soon as he gets a chance. So, but I'm gonna bring up, which is kind of weird. I know we've done this before, Josiah, but I'm gonna actually bring up your your report here um, and read yep. your report back to you. <laughs> which is which is going to be a little bit awkward. Um, now you're yeah. going to have to carry you got to carry me on the countdown show. So the countdown show came yes. on at like two two o'clock in the afternoon where I was at, and I was bogged down with work, so I could not get to the countdown show. And I know they actually had two pretty good matches on there. So Rich Swan um, defeated Kenny King, Mike Bailey, Yui Mora, which is cool. We got Yui Mora back. I didn't I didn't think he was coming back here, but he is back now. Uh, Gujar and uh, Jason Hotch in a six way. Why don't you go ahead and talk? about that match so uh very very solid match uh nothing too spectacular uh i, I mean with the guys in the ring for most of them you can tell you're going to have a good match anyways you like they they would have a good match blindfolded uh the uh, uh, yui mura my goodness that kid is good mm-hmm. holy cow uh he is moving exactly like a young hiroshi tanahashi in the ring it- doesn't he though? I mean, and he kind of like, like uh, physically looks like him a little bit. He does, yeah. Uh, him and Shota Umino both are drawing very heavily from the Hiroshi Tanahashi playbook, uh, and uh, then you have Ren Narita drawing from, of, of course, uh, Shibata. But uh, New Japan's Young Lions, they are, they are going to be big stars <laughs> yeah. uh, if uh, if all goes well because uh, they they're getting the charisma down they're getting the whirring ring work down they they're really putting it together um going to be exciting to watch them develop uh as far as the match went um Gujar, Gujar seemed out of place yes uh, a little bit he's clearly very green Mm-hmm. He was doing his very best to keep up with some very good workers, <laughs> and, uh, but but that's how you get better. Like mm-hmm. you you have to work against guys who are better than you and put you in positions where you have to perform at a higher level to get good. And uh, uh, getting in there with guys like a Rich Swan or, or something like that will help. Even Kenny King, who, who's not the best, but he's a solid vet. He's a solid hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I thought it was a good match. Uh, Rich Swan was spectacular. One of the highlights was hitting a uh, Phoenix Flash off the top rope to the floor onto everyone. Uh, nice. Just impressive. And uh, Rich Swan, of course, winning in the end. Uh, good match. Uh, the One of the biggest sto- parts of the story was uh, Kenny King basically... Actually, the most spectacular move of the match was um, Mike Bailey hitting Ultima Weapon on, uh, I think it was on Gujar, who was on the shoulders of someone else. Uh, maybe it's in the bottom of my yeah, report. It was, so, yeah, so I'll go ahead and read how it, how it ends here. So Gujar seemed out of place in this match, as you just told us. Um, he didn't really get any reaction, but you got to start somewhere. Gujar lifted Hotch into a fireman's carry, and Bailey That's flew it. in and hit the ultimate weapon on Hotch while he was on the shoulders of Gujar, driving both to the mat. Um, and then King that- threw Bailey from the ring and then handed the match to a confused Swan who hit a handspring cutter on Koch for the win. So yes. so is King trying to start something with Swan here? Is, or is is that what was going on, or was did King not care about winning? It sounded like he was more happy to have Mike Bailey not win. Oh, I got you. Okay. So it looks like he's feuding with Mike Bailey a little bit, but I expect Rich Swan will be involved at some point as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he made the save, then threw Mike Bailey out of the ring, and then ha- uh, handed Hotch to um, uh, to, uh, Swan to Swan to hit the yeah. handspring cutter. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, the finish was interesting. They're clearly building up a Mike Bailey, Kenny King stuff for now. And I suspect Rich Swan will uh, eventually get involved in that story as well, because he clearly didn't want to be handed the win. <laughs> But he, right. but he took it because it was like, well, I got to take oh. the, my shot. It's in front of me. So Right. Uh, I mean, he's but, old school. Uh, Dub, a dub's a dub, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah. Uh, compelling. Compelling match. Gotcha. Well, the next match, um, it, which is one that I'm actually very interested in, uh, in going back and watching, is the the Motor City Machine Guns defeating uh, Bullet Club, Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Uh, the Bullet Club, they're actually heading. They're probably already on a plane to Japan as we speak because they're yep. heading to the Junior Tag League. And uh, I think that we all. Um, oh, hold on! I think we got a we got a guest here. Hey, Justin, what's up, man? What's up, Mike? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, hey, you're on with uh, Josiah McDonald uh, from uh, the Wrestling Observer website. He did the he did the recap uh, for the Observer man. So we were we were just about to uh, review the Bullet Club versus um, the Motor City Machine Guns, but instead of that, I just want to talk to you real quick. I want to talk about you know tell us about your overall live experience. How was the show overall? Uh, what was your favorite match, and uh, what was the what was your least favorite match? Okay. The, the live experience, it, it was pretty good. You know, I, I think the most impact uh, viewers kind of know what that Kentucky crowd was like. It was, I saw the reports, <laughs> they, they said that the venue was sold out, but there was a lot of uh, open seats. There was actually nobody yeah. sitting to the left or right of me, but there was tons of people standing. So there was a lot of uh, people standing. So I guess hypothetically, if all those people sat down, then all the seats would have been filled. Um, right. it, the the crowd kind of didn't really get going. I think until the second second half of the show, um, it, it was funny because it was just me. There was like a little kid on the left side of me, old lady on the right side of me, and so you know we we're doing <laughs> the best that we could. 
we were doing the best that we could. But there was a big group that came in, I think, probably late, and they kind of saved saved the the show, at least as far as the crowd interaction, because then they got pretty loud. They got pretty rowdy, and uh, it was funny because I was thinking about it, you know, because Impact, they, they tend to have uh, fewer matches on these big shows. I think they had seven, not including the, the pre-show matches. Um, but they have these fewer matches, and then these matches tend to go longer. That uh, Trey and Black Taurus match, I think that really burnt the crowd out, but in a good way, because um, because uh, you know we were we were yelling, and so I, I don't know what happened, but we're, we're yeah. what did you right do now, to us, but... Mike? <laughs> Sorry, but I I was trying to I was trying to change the mode so I could see everybody on the screen at the same time, and I messed it up. But we're back now. We're back. Sorry, because <laughs> I I can only see you guys. I can't see myself. I was like, I want to see if my face is stupid. My bad. Sorry, keep going, Justin. All right, live live reporting from Wakanda. No, um, (laughs) but yeah, that that Trey and Black Taurus match, it really burnt the crowd out because it was a really good match. They were going back and forth, and um, the buildup to it, I I don't think a lot of people really knew who was going to win, and so there was a lot of... a lot of uh, close counts there that got everybody riled up, but um, it was it was pretty good at the end. You know, I, I think that a lot of people groaned when Bully Ray at the very end of the show cashed in his briefcase and that that was going to be the main event for Hard to Kill. But what happened after that, I think, really saved it because yeah. Bully really fired the crowd up after afterwards, and so that that was. Uh, that was a good thing. Uh, my favorite match was probably the Black Taurus and uh, Trey match. Oh, uh, nice. There was a good section of us in there for Black Taurus. I really thought he was going to win that match, and so I was disappointed to see Trey go into uh, the bag of tricks and turn heel somewhat, I guess. And so yeah. that, that was that was my favorite. I think the least favorite match, you know, I was scrolling through my phone, and I was trying to remember what matches happened. I didn't take any pictures of the, uh, of the, uh, the Death Dolls and uh, the Savannah and Tasha match. So I, I guess that was the one I was probably the most disengaged <laughs> I didn't take no yeah. pictures, I imagine. No disrespect to them. I love Tasha Steels, but I, I, I really wasn't too interested in that match. No, I didn't think the build to that match was very good. Um, it just kind of seemed like they were throwing the match on just to throw the match on. I really thought that they should have replaced that match with the Bullet Club versus Motor City Machine Guns. Oh. I think I thought they could have swapped it, um, and uh, but instead they kept the tag title match on. I know that I know that the Bullet Club really needed to leave early so they can go catch their plane. But if they could have just you know opened the pay per view up with the Bullet Club versus Motor City Machine Guns, I felt like that would have been the better way to go. But is what it is. I on those countdown shows, you really want to put hot matches on to get people excited to to hopefully buy into the to the pay per view. So maybe that worked. I, I I don't know, but I think that was the mindset behind it. Now um, I think you got heat with everybody though because Bully Ray grabs Jade Chung, who you're standing next to, pulls her over, and you were right there. You had the chance to take him out. What happened? You punked out. Man, I, I saw him reach for that chair, that chair that he used to crack <laughs> Alexander over the back 10 times. It was right in front of me. And yeah. like for a split <laughs> second, I thought about grabbing that chair and holding on to it. But then I was afraid he was going to drag me over that guardrail. Yeah. And then, uh, then I'd be in the ER right now instead of talking to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're you're and a Josh big guy. But I'm, to defend you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pretty good sized dude, but Bully Ray could kick the crap out of you. I don't, you know, no offense, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, man, like Bully's a big guy, you know, for being, I don't know how old he is, 50 years old, you know, he's he's still a pretty big, intimidating dude, so I I didn't want to get in between that. 
Yeah, well, well, I think you did the right thing by saving your own life, uh, which was the, always a good decision. But hey, hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Me and Josiah are going to finish the recap here. Oh, uh, question: Are you are you at the tapings tonight? Are you going to be at the tapings? I'll, I'll be at the tapings tonight. And so, if I tried <laughs> to uh, save Jade, then I, I wouldn't have been at the tapings. So it was yeah. Uh, it was a, a what do they call it in a sports when the football guys don't block for somebody? It was a. Uh, it was a contract move or something, whatever they call yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, hey, well, hey, man, we're gonna go ahead and let you go. Enjoy the tapings tonight. Thanks for coming on, man, and uh, take care of yourself. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right, brother. Cool. Well, that was uh, that was our guy Justin, man. Uh, that's he's been on the show several times because he he likes he really likes to go to these uh, live events. Here, let me see. I think. Uh, her, her scene view is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never, I've never actually used Skype to do a podcast before, but you suggested it. Garrett has suggested it to me in the past, so I just wanted to go ahead and try it here. So we're all, we're all learning this together, folks. <laughs> there was a notification on the bottom left that just said Mike kicked out Jay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're we're back to the Motor City Machine Guns defeating the Bullet Club, Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Um, Josiah, you you called this an excellent match, and uh, I, I obviously no surprise there. Um, I'm just gonna recap the ending here. So Bay slipped out of an attack and sent Shelly crashing face first into his own partner. Bay and Austin then double team save and finally succeeding in some attacks on him. Bay hit a tope cone hero while two sweeting Austin, which was uh, I think they did that on Impact this week too, which is pretty cool. Uh, Bay yeah, tried to hit the finesse on Saban. Yeah, Bay tried to hit the Art of Finesse on Saban, but Saban caught him and hit a German suplex. Shelly did a crucifix pin on Bay before Saban rolled over into a jackknife pin for the victory. Um, sounds like it was a great match. What are your thoughts, Josiah? Really fast-paced, as expected. Uh, if this was in front of 10,000 people instead of, like, 300, it mm. would have been, like, match of the night type quality. The crowd would have been going insane. Uh, right. They, like, this This was a, a top-level tag match and uh it amazes me how good chris saban and alex shelley still are they're mm. so smooth and uh you're never <clears throat> as, as it stands you'd be very hard pressed to have a bad match with those two yeah no I, I i don't i don't even think it's possible for those two teams to have a bad match and uh, i know you're, you'll, you'll probably talk about it in the recap a little bit later but on the actual overdrive show they they did a backstage segment with the machine guns and uh, the bullet club and machine guns them kind of because it's a babyface babyface team right and kind of talking uh building them up as they head to the junior tag league and um and saying that well whenever you come back we might be the tag team champions and uh we'll, we'll defend the titles against you so um um, I kind of dug that there. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yes, uh, that was a um, nice little segment. And it is funny seeing Bullet Club as baby faces. I'm used to uh, them being heels. So, yeah. uh, But there were baby faces in Impact, which I guess makes sense because that's the superstars from New Japan, so to speak. Even mm -hmm. though it's Chris Bates' first time in New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting that going to New Japan and coming back makes you a bigger star instantly in any promotion you're in. So, uh, mm. yeah, the I'm very excited to see where they go. And Saban and Shelley are clearly going to be gunning for the tag titles, uh, which makes sense, especially with them winning here. And uh, I did like the the promo later, which we'll get into in the recap. But uh, yeah, it was a very good match. Um, 
it's free, so there's no excuse for any of you out there who haven't seen it. <laughs> Go watch yeah. it. It's on it's on YouTube for uh, Countdown to Overdrive. It was a very good tag match. Awesome. Uh, first matchup is uh, Bully Ray defeating Moose in a tables match. So this is where I come in. I actually did get to watch. I started from this match on. Um, and I, I agree with your sentiment here better than I expected. So it, it was a little bit better than I expected, but it was... You know, I wouldn't call it a great match. It's hard to have a great tables match because they're all pretty much the same. They just tease the table, tease the table, tease the table. Um, and then eventually Bully Ray put himself through a table. So he went to go spear Moose through a table. Moose moved out of the way. Bully Ray went through it. Moose thought that he had won at that point. The referee had to educate him that he did not win. Uh, they continued the match at that point. And then after that, um, Bully Ray ends up surprising Moose by driving him through a table Uh eventually and to get the victory here so um i don't like the fact that bully ray is beating moose but if he's going to beat moose at least it's just in a tables match to where all he does is put him through a table he's not actually pinning him it's not that big of a deal it's not a huge loss for moose they need to build bully to this time well need is a strong word they're gonna put bully ray is in the main event of the next pay-per-view so they're gonna build him up should that be the case well that's up for debate later that's but, another story um, yes that's another yeah. story so but uh this is the this is the direction they're going and so if you're going in this direction then yeah it makes sense for ray to beat moose it does uh i i did like that the announcers emphasized over and over again this was moose's first table match yeah or uh and uh it's so funny trying to pluralize moose uh my my brain is the plural of moose is moose so do i say moose table match <laughs> no well uh, so i table. think well yeah but when it becomes a possessive right then you can say mooses because it's a possessive that's true so, that's true so you can, it, if you put the apostrophe on there then that makes uh sorry english lesson for uh for all of our friends uh on in the bfi universe and plus we got a canadian here they speak the queen's english for the most part so it's true <laughs> uh, with uh, with all the OUs and U's, uh, extra U's and words, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, occasional English pronunciation. Uh, so like for example, uh, niche in the U.S. we pronounce it niche here. <laughs> niche, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but yes, uh, I thought solid match. Uh, it the story was good, especially with Moose not knowing. Uh, the rules of a tables match uh, because it was his first one. And so, of course, he would think he won after Ray went through the table. And so it gives a, an excuse for the loss. Uh, it it didn't really hurt Moose. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Moose is an absolute superstar on, yeah. on Impact. And it's very strange seeing him lose like that because uh, this is a guy you want to protect. And... Uh, Anyways, uh, I'm sure they'll have something for him, but he seems to be kind of spinning his wheels a little bit right now. He needs a few to, that they can uh, sink their teeth into, so to speak. Uh, well, he's, um, he's been kind of spinning his wheels and just doing these little feuds here and there since he lost the title. And JD always – he brought up a good point that when you have a champion – and he was the champion for like six, eight months or so. And a very good champion, by the way. 
Um, when you have a champion that loses their title in a big match, they should probably take some time off after that. Um, and yeah. um, he just never he just never did. He just stayed working. He he pivoted right into a feud with Sam McCallahan that culminated at um, in a barbed wire match in uh, I think in August, July or August, something like that. And that and uh, then, Macklin was also in, right? That Macklin was also so so uh, he wrestled Callahan at Slammiversary, and then they did the barbed wire match at the at the pay per view, not in July. I think it might have been the one in August, um, the one that was in Nashville, I believe. And then um, they've been going or September. Actually, Victory Road in September. So that that lasted a couple of months, and then now he's just kind of doing this. He was doing this thing with Bully Ray. So we'll we'll see where Moose goes from here. But uh, I don't think Moose is any kind of danger in this promotion. They love Moose. Um, he helped get Bully Ray over a little bit here um, and make him look like a formidable challenger to Josh Alexander. Uh, yeah. Next, we go to a promo of Tracy Brooks and her son predicting that Kazarian was going to win the Impact title tonight. So there you go. Um, it was very cute. <laughs> yeah, very very cute. Um, I I get the feeling they thought he wasn't going to win. That's why they did not come to the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, next we go to uh, the Knockouts World Tag Team Championship. The the Death Dolls defeating uh, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans to retain the mat or to, to retain the titles. Um, so this was just an okay match. Uh, again, I felt like uh, the countdown match probably could have uh, replaced this one on the main show, but either way, um, is what it is. But um, the the feud here was a bit weak. Evans and uh, Evans and Steels were weak challengers, but they're the only tag team in the promotion other than the Death Dolls. So somebody's got a challenge for these tag team titles, and so uh, this is what you got. I don't think anybody really thought that Evans and Steels were going to win. The Death Dolls retain. Um, Jessica managed to pick up steals and hit a sick driver for the three count. So there you go. I uh, I noted on my impact recap that they beat steals before this match clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how is that going to make me want to see the match when the baby faces have already beaten the heels? Uh, it was a singles match. Yes. But Taya Valkyrie had a win over Tash steals going into this match so you beat the contenders before the match. And uh, I'm not sure if I would have done that. I, I may have had uh, Steels cheat to win mm -hmm. uh, and then have Savannah uh, Evans and Steels beat Valkyrie for Jessica to make her uh, return to make the save. That probably would have been better. So I was a bit baffled by the booking into it. And then they just beat Steels again here, making her, her look rather weak. Uh, but uh, the so the booking was a bit odd on that one. Uh, yeah. And the match was merely fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just there. Right. All right. So uh, next, uh, so we had the, the bullet club and motor city machine guns uh, backstage segment was next. We already kind of talked about that. What we didn't talk about is that they get interrupted um, by the major players looking like a disorderly conduct from WCW back in the mid nineties <laughs> uh, wearing all purple. They got the big shades, you know, um, yes, maybe yes. I'll tweet now, out a picture. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, I'll tweet out a picture of disorderly conduct, but they were dressed just like them. Looked like the same. I don't know if it was by 
like if they meant to do that, they're old school wrestling fans. So maybe they didn't mean to do that. Um, but uh, so at the point where uh, the Motor City Machine Gun said that they would be impact tag team champions whenever the uh, Bullet Club gets back, major players uh, interrupted, laughed at the Machine Gun saying they would be tag champs. And there was no way the Motor City Machine Guns would be impact tag team champions again. And then uh, we didn't catch it here in the recap, but they actually invited the Machine Guns to have a first a front row seat to their match, which uh, ends up playing out a little bit later. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, and then next we we got uh, Mickey James defeating Taylor Wilde um, in a uh, if Mickey James loses, uh, she has to leave the promotion or I guess retire, I guess is the, the last rodeo deal. Um, so this match ended up being pretty good. But it was rough in the beginning, and it there were some slow spots start. there were slow start. There were some botches early on. There were a lot of moments early on where they were very clearly cooperating with each other, taking turns throwing punches. Like I one, like somebody would throw, like go to throw a punch, and they realized it wasn't their turn yet, and then they would pause and let the other person throw a punch. You you seen that? Um, Mickey I did James, notice that. Yes, I didn't yeah. put it in my recap, but I did notice the. It was about the first five minutes. That was a little yeah. rough. But once they got on the same page, it turned out quite good. Yes, yeah. I think by the end of the match, it was like, okay, now they, they've had a pretty good match here. But it was, it was that, like you said, the first five minutes were a little bit tough. Um, Mickey James is very good when she's in there with a very good worker. But when she's in there with a kind of um, – and a worker that's not like one of those top tier. So when she's not with Perazzo or when she's not with Jordan Grace or Giselle Shaw or some of the other um, knockouts that are like, um, that have been trained at a different level when she's in there with the mid two thousands types of knockouts and type of WWE diva type workers, then she works to their level. You know what I mean? Like Mickey can be as good or bad depending on her opponent. And I felt like she was kind of brought down a little bit with Taylor Wilde, but eventually they picked it up and the, because Taylor Wilde can be very good too, but you know, she's not very consistently very good. And well, she's not been super active and I think that's part of why, uh, but once she gets going, She's great, yes. uh, but it takes a little while to get there, and uh, and, and it's a uh, it's kind of a shame because um, back when she first started and had the uh, the knockouts tag titles, uh, I thought there was a lot of potential for her to be very good, mm-hmm. and then she retired and she was gone for like fifteen years or yeah. something like that, uh, and uh, but she came back uh, and she clearly has all the fundamentals still there. It's just uh, a little bit of ring rust. And uh, yeah. if she was working consistently, I think she would be very good. Uh, and uh, I, I thought uh, by the end of the match, this was really good. I liked um, the lockup at the start where they were throwing each other and continuing to hold on with wrist control. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. But once it uh, broke into throwing punches, they were trying to determine whose turn it was. And, uh, <laughs> but. But uh, but yeah, once they got on the same page, it actually picked up quite a bit. Uh, very solid technical match at that point, I thought. Uh, and uh, Mickey James, man, uh, she's still really great uh, mm-hmm. for her. Uh, like, this is her last rodeo, and as she put it, she's uh, you know she's eventually going to lose and retire. Whether she does that after she wins the title. Or uh, or if she loses in her challenge for the title, which I'm which is where it's going. Um, I think she's having a good run uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm invested in the story. It's a very good, to- well told story. 
Yes. Yep. She's doing very good uh, with the whole story. So we'll go to the end here. Wild hit a German suplex for a two count and immediately went into a camel clutch. Wild turned it into a Gato clutch, which the announcers uh, and the referee missed. So James just kicked out. And after a few waist lock exchanges, James hit the Mick DT for the pinfall. And then at this point, Diana Peraza walked down to the ring and said, uh, James was at an impact to, to better the knockouts division. She was being selfish and she wanted to make it all about her. She blamed James for Chelsea Green leaving. Um, also blame James for ending her, her historic title reign, which, I mean, I guess you could blame James for that, but you know, Deanna, she, you lost clean lady. Um, <laughs> and then hey, uh, she's a heel though, right? So. Yeah, she's a heel and said James was the one person she's never beaten. So she's looking to end James's career. Um, and she actually, uh, you know, said the S H I T word. I got the pastor on the show, so I'm not cussing today, but, um, she, she actually said that. So, uh, which has been not, I would say not banned from AEW, but, I think if if AEW and WWE aren't doing things like that, that Impact should be the ones doing it, right? Not that not that cursing is very important, but it, you know they should be a little. They should go lean into the edginess a little bit, you know, when the other two aren't doing that. You know what I mean? So if they're if and, they're gonna hey, not do blood and edginess, then Impact should. It got a reaction. The, yeah. the crowd the crowd went ooh when she said it. So <laughs> yeah, uh, if if you're looking for a reaction like that. Uh, doing it at appropriate times will mm-hmm. will dr- elicit the right reaction from the audience. Uh, you can't do it all the time, but if you do it every now and then, uh, it could end up being a, a positive thing for certain angles to add heat to them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to another Mickey James and Deanna Prazo match. Um, they, their Texas no death way match. that will be bad unless both of them have a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they so they um, they were the co-main event at last year's Bound for Glory, and they they killed it. And then um, at Hard to Kill last year, or I guess it would be this year still, but the last Hard to Kill, they were in the main event in a Texas Death match, and I thought they did very good. So um, I'm looking forward to them having another match. Where and when I I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be on TV or if it's going to be at you know this coming up Hard to Kill, um, which I think. Um, could probably use another good match. So, because they the main event is Josh and Bully, so they need to start rounding out that card pretty soon because they got some tickets to sell. So, um, um, so looking looking forward to that. And I thought this was a strong promo by Perazzo. Very strong, very strong. Uh, one of her best lately. Uh, I, not mm-hmm. that her other problems have been bad, but this was a this was a very good promo. And I, I think she drew on the emotion of Chelsea Green probably going back to WWE as well. Oh, yeah, Uh, because, you know, your friends leaving the company that you're in, that's kind of hard. So draw Mm -hmm. on that and blame Mickey James for it in the promo. Yeah, Uh, she see she seemed to take it very personally, uh, which is good. That that makes for compelling television. And uh, she was great there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and next, we go to the uh, the tag team championship of uh, Heath and Rhino defeating the major players. I gotta say, I had no hope for this match. I didn't think it was going to be good. In fact, I thought it was going to be bad. So maybe that's why I thought it was actually very good because I assumed it was going to be very bad. But I, the crowd was into it. the 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 team worked well together. Um, Myers and Cardona did a lot of their comedy stuff. Rhino for everything that we make fun of him for for his lack of mobility and movement and and all that stuff the guy still is over and same with heath heath is kind of like your hacksaw jim duggan he gets the crowd going uh he doesn't do a whole lot but the people still love him the, they were into the match i can't hate on it man uh, i thought it was very good what'd you think 
uh, like I put in the recap, it was a very WWE formula tag, mm-hmm. but that's not a bad thing. Uh, no. If it works, it works, and yeah. it worked here. And uh, the w- there's a reason why the WWE formula works that way. It's because it almost always works in tag matches. You don't have to do them that way, but if you do, and you do it well, it's going to result in a pretty good tag match. And, uh, you know, getting the heat on Heath so Rhino can do the hot tag, Heath firing up at the right moments, uh, comedy spots with Cardona and Myers, which were funny, genuinely funny. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just uh, I thought it was good. Uh, I, but it makes sense with you have four guys who are in the WWE system forever and mm-hmm. they work a WWE style match. Well, Rhino, Rhino's been around forever. He's worked everywhere. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, Rhino is very much so far slower than he used to be. But he knows how to he knows where to be and when to be there uh, for the big spots. And uh, like those belly to belly suplexes, he was throwing uh, uh, Myers and Cardona around with were great. And uh, he knows just when to fire up to get the crowd into it. He, he, he's clearly winding down his career, but uh, he's having a lot of fun doing it. So it's nice to see. Yeah. Yep. Nice to see. At one point, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns made their way. They uh, brought their they brought some steel chairs. They sat down at ringside to watch the match. They ended up getting involved a little bit, but they didn't really interfere. But uh, they did distract the major players enough for uh, Heath and Rhino to get the victory. Um, next up, we go to Trey Miguel defeating uh, Black Tarus. Trey Miguel turning heel here um, because uh, Miguel just what no matter nothing that he could do could. Um, was working to defeat this Black Taurus, who was a monster. Uh, and Taurus looked incredible, by the way. Holy and, cow, Black Taurus was awesome in this match. Yeah, he is fantastic. And and for his part, you know, Miguel was great. I Absolutely. I am dis- I'm disappointed my guy Taurus did not win. However, I did like the heel turn for Miguel. And I think that he needs this. He's been stale for a long time. I would say he's been stale for like a year. Honestly, I can't remember when I know he won the title last year and he ended up losing it earlier this year, but he is just kind of um, he is no longer a good baby face. And so uh, him uh, turning heel here. So basically he at the end of the match, he was trying to gain an advantage. He distracted. the He had the referee distracted. He pulled out some spray paint and sprayed Taurus's eyes and then uh, and rolled him up for the victory there. Um, and after an awesome match, by the way, these guys just tore the house down. I thought, um, fantastic match first, as as Justin was telling us earlier, this is the match that really got the crowd going, by the way, this is where they really picked it up. It was, it was the first like exceptional match of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, although the motor city machine guns and bullet club was very good. They knew their place on the card. They didn't want to blow everyone else out of the water. Uh, they could have, but, uh, but this one, they, they were they were determined to go out there and steal the show. And uh, they tried. They did not succeed, which we'll get to later, but they tried. <laughs> uh, th- th- this was a fantastic match. Uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, my gosh, one of the most impressive spots, uh, Black Tarus doing a gorilla press slam <laughs> yeah. off the top rope, standing vertically, completely vertically, on, on uh, Trey Miguel, who... At that point, because uh, the ring, the ring post is like five, four, five, two, something like that. Five feet up the up of the off the mat. And Tarus is probably about six feet tall. Uh, and then he has Miguel above his head. So Miguel's like 12 feet in the air. 
<laughs> and he comes crashing down to the mat. That was awesome. And uh, and Tarus was flying all over the place for a guy who was way bigger than Miguel. Uh, and uh, then Miguel cheating to win. Uh, and it plays off that story. So this is one of the things I was noting uh, privately to other people. I still have Vince Russo PTSD when it comes to impact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I always expect things to not make sense or play out. And uh, Trey Miguel, uh, what was that? I think it was a scramble match at the last pay-per-view. Uh, he won that match. And Tarus uh, wasn't the guy he pinned, but I, I thought Tarus should have won. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they do this tournament, and Tarus and Miguel face off in the finals. And I thought, look at that storytelling that makes sense. Look, at Right. Uh, and uh, I was very surprised by that. And then uh, Miguel winning was not what I wanted. I wanted Tarus to win. But him turning heel and Black Tarus going on the chase, trying to narrow down the slimy heel who's trying to get away, should be good stuff. Yeah, and if Miguel turning heel and getting the title here means we're going to get some more Tarus, because it doesn't hurt Tarus one bit. In fact, the tournament built him up like a monster. Um, He has been getting pushed for a while, and it's something that everybody's been asking for. And just because he doesn't have the title, that doesn't mean he's not in a better position than he was a few months ago. He absolutely is. So I I dig what they're doing. He looked like a monster in this match, and to the point that Miguel had to cheat to win. Yeah. Uh, like he, he could not put him away and uh, he tried absolutely everything. Uh, and uh, that is a good way to make your baby face look strong in losing. Mm-hmm. And uh, both guys came out of this stronger than they were. Yes, yes. Uh, Trey Miguel is now in a much better position than he was before. Um, not because he won the title, but because he turned heel because of how he won the title, because of the story. Yep. So you can look, uh, some folks feel like this type of stuff, um, can hurt the match. So like, Oh, it, it was a good match until the screw job finished. Like, no, you, you, you had a great match and you got a story at the same time. You got the best of both worlds. I think this yes. whole thing worked completely. A, lo- a lot of people, uh, and understandably so because of how often WWE overuses them, thinks the screw job finish is a bad thing all the time. It's not if you do it right. Yeah. And and this was the right time and right way to do it. Uh, yeah. And so Miguel is now going to be elevated as this this dastardly heel. Uh, and uh, I'm and Tarus is going to just be this mega baby face. Uh, yeah. And I, I like it. I really like it. I like it, too. Speaking of liking it, I like the next match a lot. Uh, Impact's knockouts champion Jordan Grace defeating Masha Slamovich in a last knockout standing match to retain her title. Um, I loved this match, and I'll be honest, I don't like last man standing matches. I'm just not a fan (laughs) because because like they will do the simplest move and then ask the ref to count. And that's just very annoying to me. Um, But I thought they did a very good job with this match. They worked it very well. I loved the finish. I thought the finish was great where um, with uh, Jordan Grace um, getting Masha up for the muscle buster. So she's got her on the, so, so Masha sets up a door right from the ring apron down to the trash can. And it's kind of like acting, acting as a table at this point. And she's a a GC. It's bridge between the apron in the trash can yeah and she's gcw so she has to use the door right well then masha or uh, jordan you know kind of takes advantage gets masha up on her shoulders for the muscle buster but then she's on the floor at this point so she's got to go up the steps right all the way to the ring apron and then crashes down through the door um getting the 10 count incredible finish showing that grace is one of the 
and two of the top women wrestlers in the world, two of the top wrestlers in the world, period. Um, I, I love both of these ladies. Um, they're both fantastic. Um, I do worry about where Slamovich heads next. I don't know what's next for her because, you know, they built her up to be this unstoppable monster and uh, she's lost two times in a row. So now she's no longer unstoppable. But I did think that this made Grace a, a much better champion than she was going into the match. So um, I, I really dug everything about this. Incredible. I, uh, yeah, the match was so good. And the psychology of the match was brilliant with mm-hmm. uh, Slamovich working over Grace's back. And and Grace selling it constantly throughout every and that's what made the muscle buster more impactful, especially when she flew off the apron through the through the door, so it was hurting herself too. Uh, and uh, Slamovich had her knee worked over by Jordan Grace all throughout the match. Uh, and I don't like last man standing matches either because it's just people standing around for a lot of time, and they did mm-hmm. not do that in this. Yeah. Uh, every time there was a count, they, it was after a huge move or something very violent happening. And, uh, and, and I say this as the biggest compliment I can give. This would not have been out of place in the main event of a stardom show. Uh, no. Just unbelievable uh, women's wrestling. Like, the, this is great stuff. And uh, it is, uh, I'll, I'll reiterate this more later, but it is a shame this was not on a bigger stage. Because uh, mm. that's potential match of the year candidate for uh, if it was on a big <clears throat> stage. If more people watched it, if more people gave Impact a chance, they, a lot of people would be talking about this one. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, what a great match. Um, yeah. And uh, as much as Black Tarus and Trey Miguel tried to steal the show, the women, I think the women stole the show. Uh, and uh, Jordan Grace is fantastic. Her timing is excellent. Uh, her selling is excellent. Masha Slamovich, though, it takes two to tango. Man, she comes across everything she does is so so um, believable and legitimate. Like you, you really believe she's out there to try to kill someone, mm. and uh, and that uh, she's a has no regard for her own safety or the safety of her opponents. Which is funny because she actually does. She's a very safe worker, but she looks like she isn't. Which is what makes it compelling, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, and th- that's part of the character. Uh, excellent match, um, very violent, very brutal. Uh, it's this kind of thing where you look at them work, and it's uh, amazing how far women's wrestling has come in North America from mm-hmm. the dark days. And uh, this is the kind of stuff I was hoping to see out of women back when I was a kid. Watching, uh, watching wrestling and having to unfortunately watch untrained women in the WWE, uh, yeah. which is not their fault. Not uh, because it's not their fault they were untrained. WWE put them on TV, um, and uh, yeah, wow, what a match! Just yeah, incredible match, incredible match. And next we got up my my favorite match of the night. Um, but uh, I, you know, these are two of my favorite wrestlers, uh, Josh Alexander defeating Frankie Kazarian to retain. I think this match went about 40 minutes. At least that's what Bully Ray said. I didn't time the match out, but uh, it, it didn't it seem close. like it was 40 minutes. It didn't to me. It didn't seem like 40 minutes just because I thought the the thing was so dang good. So uh, it really <laughs> yes. flew by. It really flew by for me. You know, I know the beginning was a little bit slow, 
but they were, you know, setting things up for later. But they told they told a great, great story. At one point, it looked like Frankie Kazarian was actually going to turn heel on Josh. He went and grabbed the title. He did the whole Brett and Roddy Piper deal where he grabbed the title, looked like he was going to turn heel. And then he looked at Jade and looked at Jet, Josh's son, and, and said, nope, nope, not doing it. Gave the title back uh, while the referee was down, uh, put the title back on the announcer's table, and then uh, ended up wrestling the rest of the match clean. Uh, also, at one point, Alexander hit 10 German suplexes in a row, which was a, which was a sight to behold. Um, the fans really got into the match at this point. Uh, Kazarian uh, tried to hit a C4 spike on the apron at one point, but Alexander fought out of it, and Kazarian hit a knee and then went for a brain buster on the apron, but Alexander floated into the ring and hit a crossbody through the ropes to the floor on to Kazarian, and then Alexander hit a torture rack bomb for a two count, so that was crazy. Um, I'm trying not to do like a... If I read everything that happened in this match, I would be going forever, but uh, we'll, we'll I, go to... I, I wrote like 800 to 1,000 words you, on this match alone. It was, yeah, you did. You did, and... Yeah. and you you did it you did it justice so um, I'm just gonna go here to the finish so Kazarian went to hit the flux capacitor but Alexander fought out of it and tried to hit a C4 spike off the top rope but Kazarian backdropped him out Kazarian then hit a gu- guillotine leg drop which looked like he actually kicked Josh in the face there um, it did before yeah before transitioning into a chicken wing Alexander managed to roll out of it but Kazarian hit a shotgun leg drop and went for a tornado DDT but countered into a C4 spike for the victory uh, great great match um, it took a while after the match. But eventually Kazarian and Alexander shook hands and hugged. Um, so before we get into the Bully Ray stuff, just incredible match, man. I love this match. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 32 minutes, 51 seconds was the time on it. Nice. Uh, if you include entrances, it was probably close to 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable match. Uh, I said this was probably the best match of Kazarian's career. Uh, way up there. Um and that's really saying something because Kazarian's had a lot of good matches in his career. Yeah, uh, but he's never had anything like this. He's never been put in the in a position to succeed on this level before. A main, a and big main event level match. A yes. big main like he in the early days when he was the X division champion, they put him in some positions, but uh, a lot of that stuff wasn't as meaningful, right? Um, not not to say there wasn't meaningful. They were they were meaningful, but you know that was he was super young then. He was the X division. They were starting something new, um, and. Um, the matches were great. Don't get me wrong. I just think this is the best I've ever seen him. This is yep. the best use he's ever had. And um, he, I, I really think that if Impact could somehow finagle getting his contract from AEW, he could be a top guy here for a very long time because it's clear he's never going to be an AEW. And I get it. AEW has way too many top guys already, so there's no room for him at the top. He's going to be AEW dark. He's going to do matches on Rampage. He's going to lose a lot. Um, I, I think that he is better off here at Impact, honestly, because of what I just saw. Yes, uh, I would agree. Um, thankfully, with AEW not doing much with him. He can probably pretty much work impact whenever he wants, but it's mm. hard. It's hard to build around him when you never know yes. if AEW is going to going to do what he, what they're going to do. And as the veteran guy who's there wrestling these kind of matches in main events, he's going to help a lot of these young guys too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, Josh Alexander's already awesome. He's fantastic, but I guarantee you, working this match with Kazarian has made him better. Uh, yeah. and, and, and he's not like a, a young guy himself. Alexander's like 35 and he's been doing this forever, but 
even the guys who've been doing this forever, working a match with Kazarian is going to, they're going to learn a lot. And, uh, yeah, this is the best he's ever looked. I, I would say outside of some tag team title reigns where he, he did main events and ring of honor on you know, with the tag titles, um, probably, probably the best he's ever looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I mean, in ring of honor, he'd be facing guys like the Briscoes or the young bucks who, uh, yeah. Uh, you know they can't have a bad match. I don't think they can. No, they they it. can't. But this was this was all shine on him, right? Like this 100%. was a spot, spotlight match with him and Alexander. And I really thought uh, I really thought he showed out. And then of course and, Alexander can have a great match in a sleep. I mean he is at yeah. that level. He's one of the 100%. best in the world. He's he's never going to get the credit for it because of how small the audience is. But he is absolutely one of the best in the world. Um, and uh, I hope I hope one day people see it. I was thinking if this was in front of a crowd of 10,000 people instead of 300, the, the mm-hmm. whole card, this would have been a blow away pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To where people would be talking about it as one of the best shows of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alexander is incredible as world champion. Uh, just a phenomenal worker. Great baby face. Uh, great selling. He sold so much for Kazarian in this match and made Kazarian look like a million bucks. And, uh, and of course, Kazarian held his own as well. You, like, you, mm-hmm. you need two to tango. And you don't work a match for uh, over 30 minutes uh, without being good. And uh, unless, unless it's a really bad match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but Kazarian was fantastic here. Uh, probably, like, I, I really do think that was probably the best match of his career. And yeah. uh, at least his singles career. Um, and you, you put him in there with a guy like Alexander and they absolutely delivered and, uh, Kazarian more than once I bought the near falls. I thought, oh my gosh, he's got him. And, and, uh, they didn't, which of course is what they want. And, uh, at that point it bypassed the intellectual side of my head and went, what got me in really emotionally invested in the match, uh, where even though I knew in my head, uh, that he wasn't going to win, in my heart, I believed it uh, just for a little bit. And uh, what phenomenal work from both guys. Uh, mm-hmm. In front of a 10,000 crowd audience, this could be four and three quarters, maybe even five stars. Just yeah. exceptional match. Yeah, exceptional match. Um, and then at that point, Bully Ray comes down to the ring and uh, congratulates Josh. So everybody's thinking he's going to cash in his uh, trophy there, his bowling trophy. Um, and, <laughs> um, but he ends up uh, congratulating Josh, congratulating Frankie. He said that uh, it was a phenomenal match, that Josh is the best in the world. Um, they, he then challenged him for hard to kill, saying he's going to cash in his uh, trophy at hard to kill. He said, Josh, I told you I'd look you in the eye and shake your hand and tell you tell you when I was coming and uh, that's exactly what he did so they shook hands Josh goes to pose and then he comes down to go talk to his or to uh, give his wife a big hug and at that point the turn finally happened. Uh, Bully Ray eventually be- turns into Bully Ray, the Bully Ray that we all know and hate um, <laughs> and yep. um, so at this point I'm just like groaning, groaning, groan. Everything's a big groan to me. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm like, can you hurry up and get the show off the air? I want to hit, I want to go record with Josiah. Um, cause I, I had to finish this match this morning. 
And and then all of a sudden, Bully Ray comes out of nowhere and just plants Josh. And then that's when things start to get interesting. He grabs a steel chair from uh, from uh, from right next to our buddy Justin, starts to hit him over and over and over again. And then he zip ties him to the to the ring rope, right? And then he grabs Jade from the from the crowd. And then Josh um, is like going crazy. And then. I don't know where like Josh breaks the zip tie. So they have to pivot at this point. So bully Ray kicks the crap out of him, and then puts Jade in between his legs and said, if you move, if you make one move, I'm going to power drive right here on this concrete. And I thought, man, look, as much as we don't like bully Ray, the guy is an absolute pro because a lot of people 100%. can't think on their feet. A lot of people can't think on their feet like that, and so it turned it into like a hostage situation where it's like, "Hey, if you move, I'm gonna shoot her." Right, and so it was kind of yeah. like that situation. And uh, I thought the ending was very compelling. I look, I I don't want Bully Ray on TV, but Bully Ray is who we're getting, and I thought what he did was actually really good here. I thought it's far more interesting now because I didn't care about the story about where whether or not Bully Ray was gonna turn or not. I didn't care. Um, I have, was very apathetic to the whole thing. Um, so it was like, now, why does it matter? Like, right, right. It's like, like nobody cares. Well, then the way they did it, I thought was very clever. I did not see the what they did coming. Um, so they're they're just gonna have the match. He's already turned, and now he is going to be a terror in Josh's life until he gets his title shot. And this is the best way to use Bully Ray. A hundred percent. As as this, and I, what I really liked as he was killing alexander with the chair he said i kept my word didn't i i told you i told you i was i I did what i was going to say as he was just murdering him with these chair shots yeah and uh and that made it more sinister the fact that he kept his word and shook his hand and then killed him Mm -hmm. actually makes the heel turn more effective yeah far more effective than cashing in and stealing the title which and, uh, which is something that we've seen a thousand times in WWE, and we saw it here in this promotion just last year. So they did it differently, and I got to give them credit for that. They hooked me in. It, Good job. Very, uh, and I, I like I said, I would be okay if Bully Ray was never on TV again. Uh, like he's fifty years old, he's had his time, and he had a great run, great run yeah. in Impact, uh, and yet, if you're presented with a situation where you have to have Bully Ray. This is the way to do it. Yeah. And uh, when Alexander broke free from the wrist ties and he immediately pivoted, immediately pivoted to pile driving her mm-hmm. uh, instead of uh, whatever he was going to do. It worked. It worked. Yeah. He, he felt like the psychotic monster who who well, actually not even psychotic. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, yeah. th- this was not a guy out of control. He was doing this to to show to Alexander, I am a problem for you and I will go to any length to beat you. And, uh, and then, uh, he makes Alexander go get the title off the table, the announced or a timekeeper's table. And he says, give me the title or I pile driver and don't you move after he gives it to him. And, uh, then Ray raises the title while holding Jade up in a position for a pile driver. It was just, Fantastic. And then uh, he throws the title down. He throws Jade at Alexander. Then he grabs the chair and puts the chair right at Alexander's throat and says, if you move, I'll kill her. And then he (laughs) says, and then uh, then he says, you know, I told you I was going to do this the right way. And I did. 
Now yes. you know what to expect. And he yeah. left. The show went off the air. And I thought, while I'm not a big fan of Bully Ray being in this position in 2022, if you're going to have him in this position, you might as well maximize it. And holy cow, this angle was great. Yes, yes. Um, JD is going to be very upset with me because I'm complimenting a Bully Ray angle. Um, but he'll be upset uh, at me. Uh, you know, well, the have all been on the same page when it comes to Bully Ray of not wanting to see him. And yeah. uh, I like I'm not I'm not super excited for the match or anything like that. But this angle you know, was very well executed. Yeah, well, it's going to be a heavy story-driven match, um, which is what you get with Bully Ray. He's going to get crowd heat, and there's not a lot of guys better than at getting crowd heat than Bully Ray because he will go to any length to get it. Um, and sometimes that's to his detriment because he goes way too cheap, right? Um, yes. But he, he will get the crowd heat. Um, I think at the end of this, Josh will be a better babyface champion than he was going into it. Now, if Bully Ray wins that freaking title, then we're going to have we will, a different conversation. <laughs> uh, we, uh, uh, me, you, and JD will bury it. Yes. <laughs> I will have to come yeah. on this show angry, and I don't want to do that uh, because yeah. uh, I I have actually really been enjoying Impact, especially compared to watching the NWA. Uh, and that's, uh, that's like being the nicest guy in prison. That's not a very big compliment, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, like... This this show uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying Impact and I hope they don't disappoint me by having no, Bully Ray. I, I I don't I honestly uh, look and I have been wrong before. Um, I was wrong I was wrong once about uh, thirteen years ago, but it turns out I was just mistaken. Just kidding. Um, sorry, that's a cheap but dad. That's a dad joke. I'm a dad. Everybody, come on, give me a break. But we know, um, well, we I, know you were wrong when you were uh, in a, a brawl or near brawl with Aki Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I still want my rematch, by the way. But um, <laughs> no, so I've been wrong before about the booking here. Um, I don't see Bully Ray winning the title. Um, I, I think agree. this is. I think they brought in Bully Ray as a mercenary to try to get Josh more over than he was before. And Josh has been having four to five star classics, and he's still not a draw. So now. Oh, I think I think we got to end the show soon because I'm pretty sure my kid just woke up. But and he's he's still not a draw. So now they're going to do something with one of the top heels the company's ever had in Bully Ray, and uh, and see about going there. You're not going to get a five star classic out of Bully Ray, but I bet Josh pulls four stars out of out of Bully and yeah, has and has a really good match. Lots of smoke some smoke and mirrors, and yes. uh, I do think they need to start heating up Steve Macklin. Uh, yeah, because I think he's the one that's going to beat Alexander. But mm -hmm. uh, they got to heat him up like now, starting now yeah. for the next two or three months before they go into uh, lockdown or whatever their spring show is. Yeah. But hey, guys, uh, that's going to do it for Josiah and myself. Uh, thank you, Josiah, for putting up with all of my issues uh, with the with the computer. I think I found out what what was going on. So while we were recording on Skype, I had the observer up because uh, we were reading your recap and a box popped up, said this website is draining your computer, making it unresponsive. It's, it was the observer. I'm blaming the observer and uh, in doing so, I'm also blaming you for all my problems this morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, so it, it did, it was it did say that. It had to so. bury me at some point. So there it is. Well, no, I think, I think there was a pop-up on that website that was actually 
dragging down StreamYard, which is why I could not record on StreamYard. So if that happens again, I know. Yeah. If if that happens again, I'll have to just pull up the iPad and have the computer and the iPad side by side and read the iPad next time. But um, but it, thanks everybody for joining us here on Overdrive on a ba- Brace for Impact episode 101. Thank you to Josiah McDonald of the Wrestling Observer website, um, and uh, we will talk. To, so no Thanksgiving show. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the weekly show for you. So you're probably listening to this on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, when it gets released. Or you're listening to it the day after Thanksgiving. Um, so that that was your episode for the week. Uh, Patreon, you're getting this um, early and exclusive to you guys. I believe you should be getting it Saturday, uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, so or the day after Overdrive. So I don't know when everybody's listening to this. So um, you guys are getting this. JD and I will do something Something special for the Patreon listeners probably next weekend. So the Friday after Thanksgiving or the Saturday after Thanksgiving, JD and I are going to try to get together and uh, crank out some more content for you guys because we are not going to be recording on Thanksgiving because um, family is far more important than professional wrestling. Okay, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be spending time with our families uh, that night. Um, and I don't think Impact has anything going on on uh, on Thursday night. Now, if they end up record doing an actual show on Thursday night, and they typically don't, if they do an actual show, um, and then we might get to doing a um, a brace for Impact for that over the weekend. But at this point, we don't know what the schedule is because they haven't told us. So um, stay tuned for that. Josiah, why don't you go ahead and get a plug uh, before we head out, and then uh, we'll call it a day. So uh, you can read my NWA Power and Impact Wrestling recaps every week at WrestlingObserver.com slash F4WOnline.com. You can follow me on Twitter for like two more days until I go to Instagram pretty much permanently. Uh, (laughs) So, But uh, at WR WR underscore central on Instagram, uh, at WR central on Twitter, although that will probably be gone by Sunday. Because uh, I don't <laughs> trust Elon Musk, uh, and uh, also uh, yeah, uh, Twitch at wr underscore central. So uh, you can find me in all those places, and uh, also in Discord somewhere. But anyways, Discord wr central as well. I don't know what the uh, hashtag at the end is for that one, but uh, yeah, you can follow me at all those places. Uh, Instagram is where you can get a hold of me the most because that will be my primary social network, social media network going forward for all my <laughs> wrestling content. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for having me on, Mike. Uh, this was fun. Awesome, man. Well, everybody take care. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.